Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the February 26th edition of the Hughes Sports Podcast, your home for the irrational fan of the Vancouver Canucks, BC Lions, and all things CFL. I am your host, of course, Jake Hughes, alongside me, the old man, old man. How the hell are you doing today? I'm doing great, as Tony the Tiger used to say. I think that got a little more into like John Cena's intro than it did Tony the Tiger there. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll uh, take it. Been a good week. Has it been a good week? It's been a fantastic week. Are you kidding me? We beat Boston. But we only won we one game. We beat Boston. But we only won one game. My prediction came true. <laughs> And did I mention we beat Boston? And really, Boston's the Boston's the, the only reason that we care about beating them is 2011. I hate them. My chef. Do you, do you? I was say, do you know how many players? Do you know how many players are still on either team from the 2011? Only one. There's Marchand. one. Brad Marchand is the only player. And he got booed? I don't know. You said you didn't Every, get to watch the whole game because I didn't. they cut your power or something? Yeah, the entire building, we lost power for uh, six hours on a Saturday night. What? And they told us they would they would cut the power at 8 p.m. So I had some friends over. We were cooking. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to cook at 6 o'clock because that gives me enough time if I screw something up that I can recook something or take time. Literally, as soon as I get the, the 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 ground beef into the pan, power goes out. No, not even not even that. I was expecting everything just kind of snap shut off. No, the living room, the lamp starts to fade and it goes off, and then the TV goes off, and then it felt like it was. It honestly, my brain, because I'm a WWE mark to, uh, through and through, it was like, oh my god, it's a Bray Wyatt entrance. <laughs> like it just went, and I was like. That's kind of weird. And then I got really pissy. So I didn't get to see <coughs> half of the game. Best game and ever. Was it the best game ever or was it the best 10 minutes ever? From my understanding and watching of the of the highlights, it was it was a really terrible 50 minutes and a really, really good 10 minutes. Best comeback ever. I have and I can honestly say, I mean all joking aside, the first two periods weren't the greatest. They came out in the third and played their asses off. And they really did. Now, did they play bad in the first two? I don't think they played bad. That fucking goalie for Boston. Swayman is is, on, is ridiculous. He's so good. He's just and, that good. And the goals against Demko, it's not like they were bad goals. It was just a very good defense. Two defensive teams with good <sighs> offenses playing against each other. I have ne- I haven't popped that loud since, and I can say that since 2011. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I put it in the captions here. If you're watching online, beats Bruin an amazing 2011 regular season vibes game. That's the the feeling I got. Just just even from puck drop when as soon as Marchant touched the puck and the entire Rogers Arena booed him. And then you heard we didn't get to hear it because they did it during the commercial, but they played the um, Stone well, Cold. No- Oh, we're, we're not going to that yet. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Okay. So from the whole the whole production of the game from Vancouver was just phenomenal. When they scored the first goal, I popped a little bit. 
when they t- I stopped watching at the end of the second. Well, that's <laughs> that's why you don't give up in hockey. Who does that? But but when they scored the tying goal with a minute and 12 seconds left or whatever it was, 108, whatever that time was. Yeah. I haven't popped that loud in a long time. I'm sure the neighbors thought, what the f- is going on over there? Well, and, and then, it's not even like it's not even like your neighbors are right like far apart. You're you're in a duplex, so neighbors are right there. Oh, they're gonna hate me this playoff season. I'm gonna have to talk to them. I really am gonna have to talk yeah, to them. Hundred percent, because I'm gonna be over there for most of the games. It, it's gonna be yeah. Anyway, um, when they scored in overtime, I saw it before before it happened. It was like I literally it was one of the, the game slowed over- down. And I started to jump, and then the puck was in the net. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. I think I pulled my vuvula. <laughs> it hurt like hell, Jake. Ugh. But it's just it's just one of those things that it was it just it's cathartic. <sighs> All these years later, 13 years later, it's cathartic <sighs> for Canucks fans to beat that team. And I don't think it's for the players. The players, there's no connection except for Brad Marchant, who I'm sure, I mean, other than being a petty little bitch about it with the rest of his his Bruin teammates, um, making up stories about us lifting up the cup. Um, did you not hear about this? This was during the summer a couple years ago. I do remember this. And and they were talking, and Zidane Charis was talking about how they lifted, they, they, were ta- uh, they talked about how they saw the Canucks uh, practicing how to what order they're going to pass the cup around on, and Bieksa came out because he was on Hockey Night in Canada and vehemently denied it and called them a bunch of like names that I don't. Beep, think beep, 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 I think, beep. despite it being censored for Sportsnet, I think Sportsnet still wasn't happy with his. I don't how he how he so. said it. It was one of those games that will go down in my memory for a long time to come. Which is funny because really in the big picture it's a it's a middle of February game. But it's not. It's, it's not. It was going to be five in a row loss. That and that's where I think the difference is. It, we lost four in a row, then we won we the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it was kind of a big game, but it wasn't like it was a playoff game. It's not game seven of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But the right? entire environment had a playoff vibe to it. And not just the game on the ice, but the fans, the fact oh. and we can maybe we can talk about it now. The fact that they brought back the Green Men for one night only. And I want to share this because I don't know if you got to see this whole video. I did. Um, but here, give me one second. Uh, if I can find the, the right one here. Right? Do the right one. Please welcome back the diabolical duo, the Green Man! Eight years since these guys have been out of game. Oh, cool. (laughs) And... It wasn't easy to get these guys back. They have at the Canucks have asked many, many times, "Hey, will you come back? Will you come back?" And one of them moved to well, he was in Halifax for a while, oh, and I didn't then know he that. moved to Saskatoon. So they had to fly him from Saskatoon in for the game because the Canucks went to him at the beginning of this season before all the 
beauty started and said, we want you for one game this season. Pick any game. We will arrange the seats. We will fly. I forget the guy's name in. Selling your course. Whatever it takes. And so they did. They looked at the schedule and they went, oh my God, Boston, Saturday night, five o'clock game or four, four o'clock game. We're doing it because everybody will see it. And it was the talk. It was. Right? They deleted the tweets. The tweet that I had before. Oh, no, here it is. Sorry. I thought they had deleted it. What did it say? I want to share this. And I'm sharing this from the Green Men. And I know this is them. And the only reason I know for a fact that this is their true account is I won a game from them back in 2013. They did a giveaway for uh, for games. Oh, yeah. And it came from them. It came yes. from the Green Men. We can't believe it. It's been eight years since we suited up. Let's blow the roof off this place, Vancouver. We have some fun stuff planned. And they did. They were up to their old shenanigans. They had but the there wasn't going. But they, there was only the one power play. So they, they didn't get a chance to do everything <laughs> no. that they wanted to. And the power play hat just happened to happen in overtime. <laughs> it was good. Do is that the only time we see them? Yes, they said it was a one one night. It was one and done. Um, they they did a whole little interview. Don't know who broadcast who typed who did the article well, on it. There's an article up. I know on um. Oh, it was on Twitter somewhere. It? There's a Twitter. Yeah, there's a Canucks Army. Yeah, I don't know if it was Canucks Army. It was anyway. Anyway, yeah, Canucks Army. Canucks Army like wrote an article with Sully and Force about it, um, and then later later today, one of them was on with Sakaris and Price. It was Sakaris and Price, maybe who whatever it was, and yeah. they said it was one and done. We we were we retired this thing, and um, I would imagine game seven, game six, game five of, of if we the- get to the playoffs. No, if not. When, I mean, sorry, when we get to the finals, not if, but when we get to the finals, I'm thinking positive. And a game clinching and a, and, a, and a cup clinching win, you don't think the Green Men are going to be in attendance? They'll be there every game. That's my, I'm guessing. I think these it's hard for are, every game. These two are massive fans. They, they actually oh. met because they were in a um, product. Uh, uh, TV radio um, program, what's it called? Um, broadcasting program at BCIT, and they met there. And um, the whole thing started was they were going down to Seattle to watch a yep. Seahawks game, and they had a ten friends going, and they were going to show up in these green things and try to embarrass their friends. And the one guy didn't get theirs in time. So they didn't do it. And so then, he, coincidentally, he finally got it, he said, my dad has these tickets. Let's do it. And that's how it started. It's just something so it, simple. And the entire, and I was going to say, the thing is it happened so organically that I don't think if oh, you don't. They weren't going to let him in the stadium. No, they, they didn't want them to be in uh, Roger's place. They Rogers literally Arena. said, if you guys act out, we're going to kick your ass out. The first game they showed up. And then they got into shenanigans. They didn't get kicked out. No, that people were taking pictures with them. 
And then it became a thing. It became so much of a thing that the NHL head office had to talk to them about it because they weren't allowed to touch the glass anymore for yes. safety concerns because they were doing the the handstand up against the glass. Yes. And so that's why they stopped doing the handstand as much. <laughs> too funny. Too, too funny. I just loved it. Um, and then in the in the chat here, did you hear about this? They had Marchant pictures in the urinal cakes at Rogers Arena. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Did they really? They did. There's pictures <laughs> of it. And I don't know if that was of like fans who went in there and just did that or if it was oh, Rogers. I would, have, like, I would have taken pictures. I'm sorry. 100%. I'm posting pictures of my pee. <laughs> Why wouldn't I it? would like, angle it so you wouldn't see the penis, but you would definitely see the stream hitting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm doing it. Uh, it's absolutely wild. Um, it was a fun game. It was one of those games that will remember forever. It really will. Yeah. It was just a cool game. Um, that could have been really bad if we lost. I that. Don't, let's okay. Let's calm. Uh, uh, it would have been. Would have been. Do we want to get into? Do we want to get into negative connects media right away, or do we want to stay with positive stuff? Stay with positive stuff. Okay, let's let's. We're irrational positives. We are. Well, no, we're irrational. We're not always positive. Let's calm down with that rhetoric. Um, Let's talk about Archdeep Baines, because I think this is one of the coolest stories. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was like, who the heck is Baines? Archdeep. Precisely. An undrafted Surrey boy who, as a 20-year-old, was one of the top scorers in the WHL. So the Canucks, when they brought Abbotsford Canucks to Abbotsford, when they brought the AHL affiliate to Abbotsford, they said, hey, this kid's doing really well. Let's give him a chance. Two years later, he's playing on the top nine. He played in the top six with JT Miller and Brock Besser and And didn't look out of place. And he was told many times over and over, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not even good enough to be on the juniors. He was, he was, he was undrafted in the WHL draft, like the, the, the Bantam draft. He was undrafted. It's such a cool story. And to see him play, like he doesn't look out of place. I mean, no, he hasn't scored yet. He will. Cause he's, he's, he's right there. To me, it's not even the scoring. Like if like, look at the way he's trying to like the passes he's setting up and the, the looks he's generating that to me is, is. Um, that is the the key to being a, a player in this league. Is it's not always going to be about the goals, but I mean, he was set up behind the net a couple of times, and the passes to Suter and Bluger were just phenomenal. Yes, like coming down on a two on one with Brock Besser. I wish he would have taken that shot, but I get why he made the pass. It's Brock Besser, your your league's or the team's uh, scoring leader. You're you're gonna pass that nine and a half, nine point nine times out of ten. Especially in especially in your first game or your first few games. You're gonna pass that. But he Um, not just that, but then he has the wherewithal to make that pass. It gets blocked, popped up, and still takes a whack at it and gets it on net. It's his drive, his puck intelligence, I'll call it for lack of a better word, is insane. He just seems to know his hockey intelligence, I guess is the better word, because he seems to know where to be. To be able to intercept passes to any, his forechecking is phenomenal. 
one. Uh, um, I was really watching him in the Boston game, and I was like, "Wow, this kid is going to be huge for us." Well, and like honestly, I hope Dakota Joshua comes back. Like clearly, clearly missed from the the lineup. I hope it doesn't knock Archdeep Baines out and you can get Dakota Joshua working with Archdeep because that's the that's the player mold of who I think Archdeep Baines can be is that four checking, get in front of the net, the hands are very similar, like the whole tool set is there. He's he, I mean but, he's not a huge guy, but he's not no, small. But you don't need to be huge to play that type of I mean, look at Hoaglander. Hoaglander plays a very similar game to Archdeep and he's small. Right? Like you don't need to be a big forced to make big hits and make big plays like that yeah no now this is a stretch because it's very early on in his career but is this this the next generation of alexander burroughs again i'm saying it's very early i'm saying it's very very early i thought you were going with that one um thank you yeah, it's way early for that. But not even come close to that. A guy who was to told he was a guy who was told he was never going to make the big. Yeah, I get, I get why through. you're making it. And the the tenacity, the get in front of the net, the the go bury yourself in the boards to get the the puck free. Now, does is does Archie is Archie going to have the chemistry that Burroughs had with superstar players like the Sedins? That's yeah. yet to be seen. Exactly. Let's let me get through his first first part of the season here before we start comparing him with Burroughs. Come on. I, I'm saying, That's, could he be? Hey, where, could he be? Of course he could be. If I mean, pie in the sky, of course he could be. He has that same, like you say, he has the same hockey um, intelligence. There's another word I'm looking for, and I can't think of it, um, where he just knows where to be. Um, hockey IQ? IQ. That's the word I was looking for. Intelligence IQ. Yeah, that's the one. Um, so could he be? Yeah, for sure. Um, he's got years to get there. He's only 23. He's just, yeah, he's young, isn't he? He was born in 2001. So yeah, he's 23. Yeah. So, um, Tocketshire likes him, obviously. So let's see where he goes. Literally, if looking at it, Kuzmenko is the type of is when you think of a Rick Tockett player. Kuzmenko is the polar opposite. If yes. Rick, if Rick Tockett could build a player from scratch, it'd look like Dakota Joshua, and then right after that, Archie Baines. Yes, I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. Anything else positive you want to talk about the Canucks before we get into some negative news and some the world's on fire and everything's burning because we're Vancouver and we can't have anything nice in life. I don't think anybody's saying the world's on. Oh fire. my God. Have you not seen the rhetoric on Twitter? <laughs> I, I think you just stay away from the comments. And if you listen to the um, analysts, they all are not saying the world's on fire. It's the average hockey fan that is like, Oh my God. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, the, it was reported on hockey night in Canada from Elliot Friedman. Yes, and I'm, I'm going to read it. Canucks, or that, yeah, that they're taking calls on Patterson. You're saying the insiders and them aren't getting up in arms about this, but well, Rick Dollywall on his show today. Sorry, I want to get through this. Rick yep. Dollywall on his show today said, and I quote, Canucks aren't really getting any indication from Patterson that he wants to be here long term. There's frustration there. I have no intel he wants out. Up until now, I always thought EP would resign, but I'm not so sure now. And that's the guy who's connected. Who is the one guy out of all NHL 
insiders that breaks more stories than anyone else. Elliot Friedman. When Elliot Friedman says, A, you're going to, there's, there's, there's more than just smoke. There's some sparks happening there. But it's, but if you heard what Elliot Friedman said, he didn't say that the Canucks were out calling people. No, no, they're taking calls. He literally but, said, well, of course teams are calling. Because the, the, who, what's his name? The old fart. Uh, 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 Ron. Asked him, are the Canucks getting calls about Elias? And he said, of course they're getting calls. If you're, if you're in a playoff spot, if you're fighting for a playoff spot and you aren't calling the Canucks, you're not doing your job. 100%. But this has been a story that's been going ongoing in Canucks media for since the season started. Yes. But before the season started, Elliot Friedman, the reason he gets all these tips and he knows everything is he went out to Sweden to do an interview with Elias Pettersson on a boat. Yes. I, I know. What, and, and you know what Elias said on that uh, podcast? You know what I, I like. I want to see what Vancouver does. I really like playing there, but I'm not going to co- talk contract until after the season is over. He he has said it so many times, and he literally got tired of talking about it and said, "I'm not answering this question anymore until the season is over." It only makes sense. Like it's he's and he's made what, his wishes. Why are we talking about this? Why is this still news? Because we need something to talk about. Because but that that's because listen because we're Vancouver. And we have nothing else. Yeah, like, again, the, the, the whole intro to this is the reason we're talking, like, the reason I think this is news is Vancouver fans are used to the wheels burning off at this point and everything being negative. So there's no negativity. So now we need to generate negative. Well, and you got to remember, it was in between the second and third period. We were down 2 nothing. It would have been our fifth loss in a row. Oh my goodness. So Five the wheels were row. falling off. The sky was falling. Now, would the, would would have the fifth loss in a row been catastrophic? I don't think it would have been catastrophic. We still would have been second in the league, third in the league. We're still in our division or yeah, in our division, I think we're up by 10 points over Vegas. And we lost four in a row. We went, but that, like how big that win was. Don't get me wrong; it was big because we went from a fifty-eight, we went from a fifty-eight percent chance of winning the Pacific to a seventy-two percent chance of winning the Pacific with just that win, and also with Vegas and Edmonton losing. I think that win, and I I texted you today about it when because okay. we haven't really had a chance to talk about it. That win is going to be ignite this team. And we're going to see a bit of a streak here now. I really believe well, that. I, w- one, I wouldn't be surprised. It's one of those because... morale boosters, whatever whatever that word is, that gets your team to that next level. Well, and not just that, but after the game, I don't know if you heard any of Rick Tockett's comments, no. but he was applauding the JT Miller and being the emotional leader that basically in the third period, in between the second and third period, that was all JT Miller being like, let's go. Like, this is enough. We've done this. We're tired of this. Let's go. And he did. And he took the team on his back and said, okay, we're scoring now. It's insane. And I've said it to you many times. I've watched Miller and I'm just amazed on how, when he wants to, and when he's gets that emotional spurt going, he can take, he can change a game. 
there's not a lot of players that you can say that about in the NHL. I mean, obviously they're all good, but there's not a lot of players that can change a game. It's the greats of the greats. Like it's the Crosby, the Ovechkins, right? Like that's the level of player that I think JT Miller's name needs to be up there with after the last two seasons. Don't get me wrong. Coming up to this point, like it was like, okay, he's a good player. The last mm-hmm. two seasons has solidified that he is a great player. I agree. Totally agree. Um, Look at us agreeing. Holy crack. I know. It's wild. It's weird. It is weird. Now, weird. now I know you want to really talk about this next piece, um, but I want to hold off here. Which, 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 which piece? No, we're holding off on the next piece of, of what we have in the rundown. Because I want to bring this up, because I saw this well right before we were our, earlier today. From now until April 2nd, the Canucks do not play back-to-back games. Will not leave the Pacific time zone. Yeah. I'd only play three road games. So think, this this idea of going on a this idea of going it? on a streak. No, this idea of going on a streak, it starts now. I hope so. My only worry is they get lazy and they get overconfident and blah, blah, blah. And yes, I'm a Canuck fan and I've, I've been through this. I've been, I've been cheated on. I've been tilted. I've been, it's an abusive relationship, Jake, and I'm worried. <laughs> That's fair. But if, if we're going to hit your prediction record of 25, eight and three, um, we're going to need to go on a bit of a, a bit of a run here. We only got 22 games left. We do only have 22 games left. But wait a second. I told you earlier today I have kind of a surprise for the show. Oh, oh what are you doing? Now, remember... I don't see a guest coming on. Don't do this to me. Remember three weeks ago when you were like, I'm going to come up with a song and and I'm going to make an actual transition and all of this? You did something. <laughs> Time for the old man predictions. How well did he do? Do do da, do de do. It is time for the old man predictions. Do do da, dee dee do. That was awesome. If you guys aren't watching, you gotta you gotta go on YouTube and watch that. That was freaking amazing. Uh, so we are now up to seven, five, and two since you made the prediction of finishing the season twenty five, eight, and three. This last week, you predicted we would go one and three, and we went one and three. Because I know things now. You did get the game we won wrong, so I'm going to hold that against you because you're. Doesn't you're matter. I didn't. Say, you're I getting a little. You're getting. You're little. Getting a little. You're getting a little too big. Big. Big for your britches here. I don't have to. We didn't say I predicted games. I predict weeks. That's the. That thing. is true. That is we true. Could, it is uh, the old man predicts weeks. He predicts weeks, and he predicted the week pretty good this week. <sighs> now I'm getting worried though because we can only lose three more games. <laughs> See, in 22. I mean, I told you you made a bold prediction. So, we'd have to go, like, win seven, lose one. That's eight. Win seven, lose one. That's 16. Win four, lose one in overtime, and lose one in regulation time. 
I, I mean, yeah, that's 100% the way it breaks down to, to somehow fit I don't, this scheme. I have a feeling my 25 and 8 is out the window, okay? That's what I'm getting at here. I think I think it's getting... Well, I mean, until it, it's completely out the window, we're going to keep up this format of it. That four-game losing streak killed me. It really did. It really did kill you on that. Yes. Now they got to win 10 or 11 straight. For your predictions to have any chance of coming true. Correct. Yes. It's that <laughs> like simple. If, if if we're sitting here in three weeks and we're seventeen five and two, I'm just gonna shut up and st- talking about your predictions because there's no way I can uh, I can talk about that. Also, I just realized we're we're fucking like what seven weeks into 2024, and I keep ha- I have it rest of 2023. So rest of 2024, we're in 2024, guys. Not one comment, not you, not me. No one's got that till right this second. February 26th. Two That's months. Funny. Who runs this place? You do. I blame you. <laughs> but. There we go. We week, fixed it. This week, we have penguins. We have the kings and we have the ducks. And the really nice thing, I was looking at this, is we have a lot of time in between games. Well, we have to be. I mean, we're still five games up on the kings and five games up on... Edmonton. Edmonton. Like, are there, are there, and, but we're not five games up on anybody else. So is the rest of the league going to go on a holiday and we're going to go down to Mexico and let the Kings and um, Oilers play well, back-to-back I think, back games? I think, the, I think the Kings and the Oilers have to go do their Eastern road trip still. Oh, that could be it. Right? So if you're looking at just the West, that's where the, the gap happens. But we get some nice breaks. We get some nice... Yeah. So we played Saturday against the Bruins. We don't play again until tomorrow. Which is awesome. Then we don't play again until Thursday. Yes. Then we don't play till Sunday. That's awesome. Right? I like it. So, yeah, Penguins. And because of that. Kings, both at using home. Using my old man looking can over I, I, to the I, other can side. I, can I Can I please get through what I was saying? The Penguins and Kings at home. And then the Ducks on the road. Now you can go ahead. Jesus. Jesus. Don't get me wound up by playing an intro. You you said you were going to make an injury, so I had to go ahead and do it. Looking at the other side, consulting with my my team, my anal- my my prediction teams. We're going to go three and zero. Oh. Three and zero oh is a prediction from the old man. Take it to the bank. Now, next week. Not this, not this week. Next, not not this Friday, but next Friday. Easy for you to say. Is the trade deadline day? Is it really fourteen days away? Fourteen days away, or thereabouts. Yeah, just under fourteen days, because fourteen days would be the Monday after the trade deadline day. Yeah, exactly. So, I want, I need your predictions here. You're you're already connected with your team of advisors on the other side. Are the Canucks making any more moves? They're, they're making, making me moves. nod my head. They're making me nod my head. They're, and as you know how this works, they're not going to tell me who, but there's going to be another trade. Just one, though. There might be a few minor little ones if they can make it work, but they won't mean anything. But there's one big one still to come. All right. You guys heard it here first. I'm, that's literally going to be the clip from the show that I'm trying to, gonna try to make go viral. And then 
um, on trade deadline day, when it doesn't happen, I'm going to be sitting here being like, when it does happen, you'll go, yeah, holy uh, yeah, crap. no, it's going to happen. And then you're going to talk about it for the next six years. Like, remember that one year at trade deadline back in my day, I had a podcast. Remember how many times I'm, I'm the holding, old man I'm, has this, been correct on his predictions. How I'm, many I'm, times? I'm holding this here because it's like you've got a cane because, you know, your ankle's starting to go. You're going to have to have a cane soon. Getting old sucks. Apparently. You wake up one morning and things hurt. Great evening, gentlemen. Hello, Arlen Bruce the Third. Thank you so much for dropping by. Just an update on Arlen Bruce the Fourth, the story we broke. Oh, yes. Um, he is preparing for the NF- NF- NFL Draft Pro Day, uh, March 28th on the F- NFL Network. So far, six teams have reached out to him. Nice. Good to hear. Good to hear. That is awesome, Arland. That is freaking amazing. Yes. As we get closer and closer, I'm going to keep keeping. Uh, I have some friends who are very big in football circles down in the states, so I'm going to get get them to keep touches on where they're hearing rumors of yeah. Arlen Bruce the Fourth, and we'll maybe we'll do updates on the show every week um, until we get to the to the draft day. Yeah, keep us updated, Arland. That would be cool. Any other news we want to talk about before we jump into some wrestling news? Some wrestling, the turnbuckle, the return of the turnbuckle. There's been all kinds of movement in the CFL um, that it's we haven't crazy. talked about. It's It's been so much that I haven't been able to keep up with it because for two reasons. One, I've been super busy with work and everything else with all the changes that's happening. And two... I don't know what's real and what's not anymore because I'm in so many groups where people just post things without fact-checking them. So, well, one thing that is real that one of our guests asked earlier is, did we lose a uh, defensive lineman to the Detroit Lions? We did. Yes. We did. Betts. Matthew Betts. He's now... <laughs> I've been so... trying to figure out what it is because we talked about it a little bit. You did it? I figured it out. What? Because we and don't do thanks, futures. And it was thanks to Farhan Walji, who uh, on Twitter explained it. An NFL futures dra- uh, futures contract is basically signing a contract that says, as of this day, you will become a member of the of the Detroit Lions oh. because there's a roster freeze in the playoffs, so you cannot sign or release anyone. Oh, so okay, so, so he is literally it is Detroit. It is literally just a contract that he signed, but he didn't sign it actually until the day after the Super Bowl, which means it was no longer a futures contract. It was just a regular contract. So he's going to be a Detroit Lion. And everybody who watched this kid play knew that he wouldn't stay up here. No, just like um, Singleton with the uh, Stampeders. It took him a couple, Singleton, a few years extra in the CFL. Betts, I think this was his first full year of playing. Like not just being a, a backup, but... Um, I would not be shocked to see him getting a ton of special teams play down in, uh, down in the States. Yeah, there you, you, I could imagine that would happen. Yep. Now I'm going to warn everyone. I probably should warning. have done a warning at the beginning of the podcast. Warning. The last so many minutes, I'm going to say 20 minutes of this podcast are going to be wrestling related. If you're not a fan of WWE and AEW or ROH or TNA or any of the indies, that's cool. That's great. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. But you're going to get very bored, um, and we love you, and we're going to see you later. But right now, let's introduce the turnbuckle. (laughs) 
Man, we, right. got, we, we got segments. We got songs. We're that taking this right. to the new level. We are. 2024 is a year of growth for the Hugh Sports Podcast. Yeah. What a month it has been in the world of WWE, AEW, just wrestling, TNA as well, just wrestling as a whole. And I don't know where you want to start, what we kind of want to talk through, just broad strokes of, and what we want to, I know what we want to dive deep into. Well, let's let's talk about, I mean, you can't say we're going to do the turnbuckle and not talk about WrestleMania because we're on the road to WrestleMania. We are on the road. Last we, time we talked, it was right before the Royal Rumble. Yes, it was. That we talked on screen. Yeah. We talked about wrestling almost daily. So yeah, I was going to say it's hard for you to keep. Um, <laughs> so anybody that's alive knows that The Rock has come Dwayne. to WWE. And he was going to face his cuz, Roman Reigns, at WrestleMania. That was the plan. Or so we thought. Well, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Let's go back to the Royal Rumble here. Royal Rumble here. Cody Rhodes wins the Rumble. He does. The fireworks are going off. He's pointing at the sign. He then gets up on another turnbuckle and he points at Roman Reigns. Yes. And then for two and a half weeks, we get, or I guess a week, we get, who is Cody... Cody going to face? Is it going to be Seth or is it going to be Roman? Which was really weird coming out of Royal Rumble because he pointed at Roman Reigns. And this entire story, the story that started over a year ago, the reason he left AEW to come back to the WWE was to finish this story. And he didn't get to do it last year. In the main event of Royal of WrestleMania, he lost. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to, to be taught a lesson. Don't go against the WWE. Don't go out and create something that the WWE has to compare against. Otherwise, they might put you in a, a yellow polka dot or a black singlet with yellow polka dots. Yes. Yes. So. But then, so he wins, points at the, points at Roman. We get the two weeks in for SmackDown where Cody's going to make his decision. And instead, he consulted with some people and The Rock comes out face go nose to nose with Roman which was yeah I that whole story didn't make sense except for the fact that the rock isn't making any movies because there's a big backlog down and down in the California area because of the writer's strike well and not just that but he also is now a board member of TKO the parent he, company of WWE and the yes. UFC so he's back. Let's face it. The crowd didn't like it. I didn't like it. No one liked it. it. Cody didn't like it. Look, if listening to Busted Open, Bully Ray pointed it out. If you look when uh, The Rock came into the ring at that point and whispered in his win to uh, Cody's ear, Cody was trying to play the babyface character. Watch his body language. Oh, yeah. It is... Get me the f- out of here. It was John Cena versus The Rock all over again. Um, when The Rock came back from making movies and Cena hated the fact that he was going to lose to him. See, see, I see, I see a lot of those comparisons. 
and I know it was brought up in 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 kayfabe. This to me is more the second year of that when CM Punk had the title and had to drop it to, because The Rock wanted to face Cena again. Yes, but we have different people in charge now. Did we all get worked? Was this the plan the whole time? No, you cannot tell me this was the plan the whole time. How disjointed <laughs> this has felt, because now we are officially getting Cody versus Roman. But then I guess we skipped that whole part of the press conference. They did a WrestleMania press conference. and Which, why, sorry, time out. Why do they have to do a press conference? To, for the storyline to change? No. Because the Super Bowl was in Vegas. And that's where they had the... the oh, so they had all the cameras on them. And guess Makes where sense. the... Guess where WrestleMania is rumored to go next year? Vegas. Be pretty cool. In the spear. That would be cool. You're not hitting yeah. enough people in the spear. You're putting it in the uh, football arena. Yeah, of course. Um, But yeah, so Cody comes out during that and is like... I, I'm going to challenge a Roman like Cody or rock. You don't know what you're talking about. And they did this whole like bloodline family bullshit. And then the rock just slapped the piss out of Cody Rhodes. I love when they slap like that because people are like, Oh, it was fake. <laughs> did you see his cheek move? That wasn't oh. fake. <laughs> don't get me wrong. He knew the slap was coming. Yes. That doesn't decide Matt did uh, uh, change the fact that, me slapping you and you knowing about it versus me slapping you and you not knowing about it still fucking hurts. Exactly. So especially when you've got arms the side of the size of Roy Roy Monkey uh, <laughs> Dwayne there. He doesn't do roids. Stop that. We can't prove that. It's an allegation on grounds of being sued. That was an allegation by Jake. Yes. Yes. So that was um, a hyperbole, hyperbolic statement. Anyway, long story short. We now have Cody Rhodes versus the Tribal Chief. The main event at WrestleMania. But wait. But wait. There's at elimination, more. At Elimination Chamber, Cody cut an entire promo to call out The Rock. Does Cody fight twice? Remembering now, the, uh, main, the WrestleMania is two nights. Does Cody fight The Rock the first night? So, and then Reigns the second night. Ooh. Then does Cody win both fights, or does Cody lose the first one? Yeah. Oh, let me finish. And then The Rock comes in and, and screws Roman Reigns. Oh my god! I swear and to Cody God, if, wins. If that's the play, I'm calling that- it now. If that's if that's the, the what they're gonna do, good on WWE. Way to keep up doing the things that everyone ran away from your company during the the you mid two thousand. What they're gonna do? You know it. They're setting it up. He didn't do this. He did this. Oh my god! Yeah, because a guy who hasn't watched the product in probably thirty years. Hey, at least he didn't write his promo on his wrist this time. I might have been a better, more coherent program uh, promo if he did that. Now, did you watch the the Rock's promo? Yes. Um, where he did the the owl instead of the one. Um, 
the only thing I could think of is I think LA Knight does a better impersonation of heel rock, heel 2001 rock, like Hollywood Hulk, Hollywood rock than the rock does nowadays. <laughs> the rock doesn't know what it's like to be booed anymore. And he, he, it just throws him off. It was so disjointed. It was one of the worst promos I've ever seen the rock produce. It really was. And that's, and that was and that's saying something. That was like, his that, thing. Look at it. Look, I I think I think, and I'm I know I'm going to take a lot of slack for saying this. The Rock is not the superstar he 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 turned into based off of his in ring work. Oh God, no! Anybody his, that had the Hulk Hogan move, basically, except he used his elbow instead of a leg. Well, it was the most electrifying move in all of sports entertainment. Right, and L- it wasn't even a flying elbow drop from the court. No, Turn it was a run, run, crisscross, wibbly wop, drop an elbow. <laughs> it's like the worst. Like at I least mean, yeah, Hogan did the rock bottom before. Oh, and Uranagi, yeah, that's that's. Oof. No one else does that. Also, have you have you watched? Have you watched uh, WWE re- recently? No one's really doing the Uranagi, the yeah. Uranagi anymore. I wonder yeah, why. How that works. Hmm. Hmm. Sorry. It's just so, again, I mean, we're both in on the same boat here with WWE. And I every time I watch it, I, I message you and I'm like, they did it again. <laughs> they did the, it again. The problem they is ruined they have, a perfect match. They, they have so much good going for them with what they're doing. And then they find a way to constantly take the diehard wrestling fans, not sports entertainment fans, not WWE stands, wrestling fans, yes. and shoot it in the foot. They had such a good match going with um, Uso versus uh, the Intercontinental Champion um, Gunther. The longest reigning Intercontinental Champion in WWE history. It was an amazing match. Those two could freaking go. I watched the whole thing. I was like, usually I fast forward. I just want to watch the promos to catch up on what's going on. I watched that whole match. And they fucked it up because they had Jimmy out of now, nowhere for no reason whatsoever. There's no storyline anymore with him and the bloodline. And he dings the bell. But that was a that was count. That was a that was a narrative throughout the entire episode of Raw. That wasn't just that so plus they're also plus they're also clearly building to Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania. They could have done it way different. I hate when the, the WWE can't have a clean match anymore. There's always needs to be interference. It's so predictable. But, it's so boring. But they also have the same problem when they do do wins, and it's I'm not disagreeing with you. It's terrible because it's like, what a great match. Oh, and it, it's screwy finish or because they have to make sure everyone looks good and it's like no you don't you really don't have to make everyone look good just drop it just people can lose and still look strong nobody believes it's real anymore people no nobody and it's not not even babies not even little ones they know it's fake they're on the internet Kayfabe, Kayfabe died in about 2007 when everyone got internet. But they're still trying to pretend it is, it's, oh, we got to keep everybody strong. Oh, stop. So yeah. I decided I was going to watch Elimination Chamber. Did you wake up at uh, 3 o'clock in no. the morning? 
I okay. taped it. it. It was on at one o'clock in the afternoon, the replay. So I had it. I taped it and watched it okay. over two days because that's, yeah. Anyway, women's pay-per-views are too goddamn long. Yes. Women's uh, chamber match was amazing. I really enjoyed it. Then they had a tag team match, I think, in there. I fast forward through that one. Uh, I think they, yeah, the women's match was re- was really really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I was shocked at the. Um, I have no idea who she is, Tiffany Stratton. Wow, they made her look fucking superhuman. The not just that the crowd made her feel like a big deal. It wasn't until I listened to Busted Open the next day that I realized, or no, the uh, the uh, review from Post Wrestling, um, the guys who used to do the law. Um, that she's supposed to be a heel. Yeah, they were cheering her like ah, uh, like Australia. I like she's not from Australia. She's just great wrestler, though. Great, all everyone in that women's match was a great wrestler. Yes, they even made what's her name look good. Who? Liv? No, the one I don't like that walked away with the boss. Oh, Naomi. I don't think she's that great of a wrestler. I don't know why they're so big on her. <laughs> I think she's better than you give her credit for, but I also think she's improved immensely by going out on into TNA. Definitely. Definitely. Cause she had to wrestle. And did you hear that? They actually, when she was coming out to the ring, they said that, um, she was out exploring the wrestling globe. Oh, oh, they're actually, uh, the WWE universe now includes, it outside of wwe yeah amazing anyways i thought the whole long story short because we're going to run out of time here um i would give it a four the whole pay-per-view out of 10 or out of five <laughs> out of 10 I, t- I wanted to make sure i was like what I, uh, my first thought was you're doing four out of five no way no, no four out I'm, of ten i i'd agree yeah it was very good the I hate how predictable the men's match was. I don't like know what it was about the men's match, and I've tried reading up on it to see if um, Orton is just that fucking good or that he that makes you good. think he's always hurt. But it looked or like he got hurt early, and no. they had to fill in between. I don't think so. I think that's the storyline. But the problem is, is that all these storylines that they have for the men's chamber were already storylines that were happening. Yeah. Like like Drew clearly was the only one to win that. You yeah. already had the uh Kevin Owens and uh uh, uh Logan Paul story. That you was already awful. had I love Logan. I just I love to hate him. Oh, he he plays the heel so well. That's why when he came in, I remember when he came in, I was like they're making him a face. And then it turns out he was like adamant about being a good guy and it's like no, it's not working. And they yeah. turned him heel and it's been the greatest thing ever. Yes, yes. But all those, like, there's so many feuds already in place that it's like, well, what are you doing? And AJ, and I, like, I loved AJ coming in. And I guess I don't watch enough WWE, so it didn't make sense for me. I didn't know the storyline behind why he would come see, running in. See, and I don't, I, I'm really lucky. I uh, don't, I don't. Uh, Sorry, I'm watch. having battery issues. Keep talking. That's fair. Um, I don't watch the weekly shows, but I listen to reviews every week. Um, so I, I'm at least up to date with the storylines when I want to watch a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, That's what I probably should do, but, but the show we do watch every week and the, sh- 
the show that has a pay-per-view, the AEW side of things, AEW Revolution, is this Sunday. I don't know why I put a question mark. It should be an exclamation point. It is this Sunday. It's not a question. It's a statement. I was like, yeah, um, it is. <laughs> uh, this pay-per-view is headlines, should be headlined, and if it's not, I'll be kind of pissed off about it with the farewell <laughs> match to Sting. Sting's last match. Sting's the last match going out. Do you want to run through the matches that have been announced? <sighs> Do I know just- them? I have them all up in front of me. Okay, let's run them. Let's run them. So we'll do it in the order in which they're posted, in which I assume is the way they'll be uh, Probably. done. So we have FTR um, versus the Blackpool Combat Combat Club. They'll start. That's just going to be a fantastic match. Like You don't need be... much of a storyline. It's literally just just two teams that are, that are great at wrestling. And, and they have it. built a little bit of a storyline. Not huge, oh, they, but they, they have built a bit of a storyline there. Yep. But it, it's not like it's a... It, the, the, it's literally, I want to kick your ass. No, fuck you. I want to kick your ass. Okay, let's have a match. Well, I mean, Moxley came out and basically said, if there's any tag teams out there that wants to step up to us, step up. And yeah. FTR came out. Um, do you think they're going to make this, put any stipulations on this match? Because they had last Wednesday, they had the time limit draw. Yeah. Then there's the back, the backstage shenanigans. And then they finally both agreed to a match. I would be shocked if they didn't add some sort of, I think it's going to be a no DQ bloodbath because it's Moxley and he's going to bleed. So just a dead death match. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see a death match, but no explosions. No, no, no exploding barbed wire. Just a death match. <laughs> Um, then we have, and I have no idea about oh, hold this Hold on, match. let's predict who you think is going to win that one. Uh, FTR. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, I mean, John Moxley and Claude, like, John Moxley's, you can, you'd have him lose for six months straight and then still challenge for the title, and it's believable. What's going on with Cesario? Claudio Castagnoli? He's kind of disappeared... Doesn't have any storylines, really. I mean, yeah, he's part of the Blackpool Blackpool Club, but he doesn't really have anything. Neither does really Moxley. There's no real big storylines for either of them right now. No, this is their storyline. But it's my. It's such a my. Like it's like their jobber. almost. But that's and where it's I think they're... something. When I'm saying Moxley's a jobber. See, and I don't think they. It's it's really a jobber situation. I think it's just this might be building to something, or as a holdover until the next build. Yeah, maybe. Um, who's your prediction? Moxley, Blackpool. Blackpool Combat Club? Yeah. Then we have what is being called the Meat Madness match. Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Lance Archer. <laughs> Literally, stipulations, it's a Meat Madness match. <sighs> This is one of those atypical filler matches. Um, no, it's it's. This is what this is the problem that AEW has. Not everything needs a cool, neat nickname. <laughs> Secondly, what the fuck are you doing with these three? Nothing. That's why they're going to fight each other. And literally, um, what's his name? Who's they had? Who's the family? Don Kellis um, yeah. did a promo and said, "We got, we got no opponents, so we're just going to fight each other." Okay, <laughs> it was that was the promo. I just laughed. No, that's that's for a different match. But yeah, like 
At least give me some sort of fake story. Yes. Um, I think Wardlow. They're going to give the win to Wardlow here. He's going to pin Lance Archer just Watch. because they're trying. They're trying to build Wardlow back up after they fumbled and stumbled and fumbled yes. and stumbled and stumbled and fumbled with him. Then we have um, a match that I'm actually really, really excited for the AEW TNT Championship match between Christian Cage and Daniel Garcia. If I never have to see Garcia do his dance again, I'll be a happy man. I love it. I think it's the greatest thing, one of the greatest things they've got going. The crowd loves it. It's just one of those stupid-ass things where you go, what the fuck is that? And he got it so over that he's the only one out of the JAS that's even on TV anymore. Jericho's not even on TV anymore, but that's for other Well, came out as a good guy the other day. Yeah, we don't know what's going on with that. We're just going to ignore that until it happens again. It was his hometown. It was Oklahoma. And they're like, hey, you go out there and make the save. Hey, we got no one else. Orange Cassidy's, all of his teammates have gotten beat up. So here you go. Bizarre. So who yeah. wins that match? Yeah. I, I, Christian's yeah. going to win. I think huh? Christian's going to win. Um, and then he's going to set up for a concerto or try to convince Danny to uh, join the the patriarchy. And then um, I still weird calling him Adam. Adam Copeland is going to come out and uh, I was just going to say Edge has to come out there at some point. Yeah. Well, you can't call him Edge anymore. That's not his name. Exactly. Uh, Then we have Will Ospreay versus Konosuke Takeshka. That's going to be a great match. First off, no matter what happens, this match is going to be ridiculously good. Secondly, oh. this is the match that you're talking about where literally Don Callis is like, oh, yes, we, it got is. Th- we got no story. We got nothing to fight. So two family members are going to fight. Will Ospreay is going to fight Takeshka. Why? Because <laughs> no one decided to write down a story for this. And we decided this was the match we wanted. That sound about right. All right, cool. <laughs> but you don't need it to me. This is a match that doesn't need a story. This match is just going to be... This is Will Ospreay's first AEW match where he... Full AEW match where he's yeah. an AEW member. He is all elite now. He's yep. done with New Japan. And yep. I think we're going to see stuff that we've never seen before. And these two have put on matches before. Oh, they they're, they're their chemistry together is going to be... If you've never watched AEW and you're trying to figure out why people are talking about it as much as Jake and I do, watch this match. Yeah, if you're a professional ref- wrestling fan, oh. watch this match. Or if you can find Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega, oh my either God. in the Tokyo Dome or um, at... One of the pay-per-views um, there. The Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. The first year of the Forbidden Door. Um so I have a prediction for this match, and I think it's it's a bold prediction. This match ends in a DQ, and I know you hate DQ finishes. I knew he was going to say that, folks. But why is it going to be end in a DQ finish? <sighs> Kenny. By God, Omega! <laughs> the storylines that can happen now, if Omega's healthy enough to wrestle, if... I'm hoping this is all a work and he's actually diverticulitis is I know it's not a work like then he probably will never wrestle again. That's what they said about Brock Lesnar too. True enough. True enough. So let's hope 
He can because the storylines that can be told. Not just, well, just, just with Will Ospreay. Well, you, I mean, you go Will Ospreay, MGF, Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Moxley, Will Ospreay, and anybody. But we have, we've had Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega in uh, Canada. We've had Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega in Japan. Yeah. We have some big, sh- the AEW has a big show called All In that's being held at Wembley Stadium that's for the second out. year. It's not sold out yet. It's still, tickets are still being sold. Oh, okay. I don't think, I don't know if tickets are on sale yet. Like all the tickets are released yet. Oh, okay. But um, the third match in Will Ospreay's home country in front of 50,000, 60,000 people. Be insane. You don't even need a storyline for that. It's literally like if if Kenny's not back for this pay-per-view, like if Kenny's not back until right before All In, that's all you need. You yeah. just need Kenny Omega to come out onto a microphone and say, Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, that. number three, Wemboy. And walk away. That's all you'd need. You'll sell the place out twice over. Yeah. So I'm not choosing a winner in this match because I have a gut BQ. feeling that... That Kenny Omega is going to come in and kick everyone's ass because he is still feuding with um, Don Kells. Yes. Okay. Who do you th- who do you got as winning this one? I'm going to go Will Osprey. Clean win. Okay. That would be big because I don't think there's been too many people to get a clean win over Takeshka. Um, match after that, we have Eddie Kingston. Versus Daniel Bryan for the Continental Crown Championship, which is the AEW Continental Championship, the ROH World Championship, and the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight Championship. If Danielson loses, he has to shake Kingston's hand. Kingston wins. Daniel shakes his hand. Really? Yeah. I think they're going to try. They want to bring some more legitimacy to this Triple Crown. And Daniel Bryan is is or Brian Danielson is your man. I don't know. I like. I don't know. How about this? Daniel wins, and he still Brian shakes wins. his hands because it was that good of a match. I could uh, very well. And then is that is that finally the departure from the BCC for Danielson? God, I hope so. Because it. They're not doing anything with the the group anymore. Um, But yeah, either way, that's going to be a great match as well. Then we have probably your favorite act, Timeless Tony Storm. Oh, God. Versus Deanna Deanna Perrazzo for the AEW Women's World Championship. No, this match is going to be phenomenal. Last week they had, I don't know how they did it, but they had half the ring in black and white and half. I I was so angry. But you know what? I, this is shocking. You're supposed to not like it. You're supposed to be mad at it. You're supposed to think it's terrible and cheesy and hate the fact that Tony Storm is on the screen every single time. I fast forward it. You're 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 still giving them heat. Tony Storm defends, in my opinion. No, I, you know what? I think she loses because she'd be better chasing. Fair, I could see that. I could see, and you're then you're setting Deanna Perrazzo as a as a contender, and then you could bring back Britt if she's healthy. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. And does 
the boss. Nope. Make her debut. Nope. Nope. What's happening a week after this event? The Wednesday after this pay-per-view. They're having an entire event called Big Money. <laughs> you think that's when she's coming? I I have a prediction that I want to make after this. Okay. After that, we have Samoa Joe versus Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland for the AEW World Championship match. Who wins the belt? If AEW wants to continue growing, they've got to take the belt away from Joe. I'm yep. sorry. He's not a good champion. He's great. For... He's great as, as, as a guy chasing. Yes. So I a hundred percent agree. And I don't think hangman hangman can have the championship yet. No, I think you got to give it to swerve. I think you have to make swerve your champion. The crowds behind him. This is the time to pull the trigger. Plus what you, what in my opinion, what needs to happen is hangman needs to get taken out by Samoa Joe or Sorry, Samoa Joe. Sorry, Hangman takes out Samoa Joe. Jesus Christ, get the word straight in my head. Hangman Page takes out Samoa Joe. Goes for the count. Prince Nana pulls Hangman off. Swerve takes advantage of that distraction. Takes out Hangman and pins Samoa Joe. Because then you have angry Hangman Page being like, I got screwed. This is bullshit. Complete well, the heel turn. Full heel. And return... With the young bucks. Oh, that's a good plan. Yeah, they they have the the facial hair, the the, the changes, yeah, yeah. and you can you drop the hangman and you you call him like Adam Page and you like make him the give him some stupid title like EVP. Well, is he an EVP? No, no. no. The only two who are, the only two who are left that are EVPs and still wrestlers are the You're young right. bucks. Um, but yeah, I think that would be a very very cool way to do that. Yes. Um. And then you have, I don't know why they have these in this order, so yeah. definitely not the order they're going to go on in the show. Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong for the Holy, AEW that's a lot of matches. Nine matches. I'm assuming the Meat Madness match will be on, like, the kickoff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we have Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong for the International Championship match. Strong wins, um, goes over to Cassidy. It'll be a good match, though. I think so. I, I just no matter what they've done with the undisputed kingdom, with the injuries to everyone, uh, with Adam uh, Cole, it the United Kingdom, whatever the fuck they're called, undisputed kingdom has really felt flat to me. Yes, but they need to do something. Well, but they need Adam to get healed. Then they can start doing something. Yes. Um. Then we have the main events. Of this match, Sting and Darby Allen with Ric Flair in the corner of Sting versus the Young Bucks, Matthew Jackson and Nicholas Jackson. Did you not watch last Wednesday? Did you not listen to the words that, did you not listen to the words that Ric, Ric Flair said? He said he wanted to be a bigger part. But he wasn't mad at Sting. He oh, literally said, I'm not mad at Sting. He's mad and that's at That's why he went to talk to the EVPs. So he screw. He pretends he's gonna screw. Um, I still think. Well, I guess what you could do. There's a couple ways you could do this. Yep. You could have the Young Bucks win. Be a great match. 
Young Bucks win. They're going to have. You're going to have Sting go out. On a well, that's where I'm like, how do you? The other way you could have Sting and Derby win, but yep. then they relinquish the belts because Sting re- retires. Now they got to have a tournament. That's great. Right? AEW loves their tournaments. Sting's man enough. I don't think he would be upset losing. I don't think so. I think that would put your pay- if that match goes on anything but last. I agree. If that match goes on first, then then Sting loses. If the you don't want people to leave your pay per view with that taste in their mouth, unless it's something big happens like the return of who M J F then then you're putting then you're putting the Samoa Joe Hangman Page worth Strickland match on last that's a championship match but it's Sting's retirement what's bigger yeah. I'm sorry well, I the AEW would be bigger so <laughs> yes <laughs> so here's my thought Right, Wednesday they've for Wednesday they've already announced that Sting and Darby Allen are gonna. No, 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 no. For this Wednesday, oh, they already announced that Sting and Darby Allen are gonna be there. Do do something, right? Ric Flair's gonna come out and be like, "Look, I thought I was pissed off with you, but I guess you never asked the EVPs to send me shit to send me, um, to to like get jets to come get me. You never asked for me to come. So yes, Sting, I am pissed off at you. Um, and put him in a situation where he can low blow like." low blow sting and then give that promo then on the pay-per-view right when the young bucks are going to win give a melter driver you have rick flair come in low blow the young bucks and that's how you have sting win yeah okay right because that way you're you're keeping the young bucks their new heel character strong yes you then have them win and then on the following um aew like the following dynamite, you have them come out and they're going to use their executive vice president powers to give themselves the belts. Oh, that would work. Major heat. Then yeah. whoever Darby Allen, if Darby Allen's going to have another tag team partner, then you can introduce Darby Allen's tag team partner at that point. Makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, that's eight, nine matches. It seems like a, a lot, lot for an AEW pay-per-view. Yeah, it seems so, like a lot. It's going to be a long maybe, they They could also take the... Um, there could be two dark ones. Yeah, that's what, but what matches other than you're going to have the meat madness match, I think is a dark match. And you're not no. going to do your, unless you're doing FTR and BCC, but I don't think you're doing that no. as your kickoff no. match. Like, no. so yeah, we're going to have eight matches. Uh, wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. Predictions. Sorry. The prediction I want to get to before we wrap up tonight, big money in TD garden. In Boston, where Sasha Banks is from. Oh, yes. You're going to get the debut of not only the boss, but you're going to get the debut of... No, well, her name is now the boss. It's now uh, Monet. What's her <laughs> you first had to... name? <laughs> you had to... That was funny. You were watching me try to try to get the name. Monet something. Mercedes Monet. Mercedes. Monet Mercedes, whatever it is. Um, she'll make her debut, but that's not the reason for the show because there's another person who, who makes it rain money when he comes down to the ring 
and you're going to get the Rainmaker. Oh. Uzichika Okada officially signing with AEW. So they'll bring out Mercedes first. Everybody thinks that's the big money. And then at the and end then of you're, the show. And then, and then if MJF comes back or whoever's champion or Will Ospreay's in the ring. Jesus. Cutting a heel promo. And then all of a sudden, lights go out. And it's Okada. That place will lose its fucking mind. Holy. I got wow. goosebumps just talking about it. And this is my idea. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Because everyone's like, oh my God, it's clearly Sasha Banks. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. They're gonna sell out. They're gonna sell out TD Bank uh, with that. The, the TD Bank Garden with with or Sasha the, Banks. With Sasha Banks, and I'm calling her <laughs> Sasha Banks. She's for whatever reason. I can do Adam Copeland. I can do Christian Cage. She'll always be Sasha. Mercedes Monet doesn't. It doesn't have the same role. They should just cut out the Monet and just call her Mercedes. But it's it's the the the, the money aspect. The yeah, I, I get it. Okay, dude. That has been a very long show. Thank you so much for the people who've stuck around. You can follow us at HSP underscore pod on your Twitter X or whatever you want to call it. Facebook. You can follow the old man at old man HSP on the Twitter. You can follow his other line of work where he talks to his guide of his guides, his council of guides, the other side, whatever it is you want to call them at Cavalli channeling. You can follow me at J streams on all platforms, including Twitch. And the old man's confused and looking under his table again. I'm surprised he has feet. It's he's old. It's I dropped old. something. I think it went down the vent. That's not good. <laughs> it's gone forever. However, you beautiful people, we are not gone forever. We will be back here next Monday to talk about everything that happened and get you prepared for the trade deadline day. Have yourselves a wonderful night. Mwah, and goodbye. Peace. Bye. I never get to say bye. Thank you.